0: Welcome to Heavy Hitter Sports, the podcast focused on inspiring game changers. Yes, most episodes feature stories about athletes and business leaders that have overcome obstacles to achieve success. But this episode is centered around another source of sports inspiration, the movies. The pandemic has made most of us homebodies during the past year, but that did give us a chance to catch up on films and TV shows that we might have missed or wanted to revisit. My wife and I returned to the West Wing after a 15-year hiatus. My son and I binge-watched the entire Breaking Bad series, and I powered through a dozen classic Hitchcock films. When COVID broke loose and sports in the U.S. were canceled last March, like other desperate baseball fans, I began watching Korean baseball telecasts during the late hours. But that crazy habit was not sustainable. Instead, I ultimately turned to the movies as a way of getting my sports fix. I watched my favorites again, and I explored others that I had previously passed on. Giving the recent Academy Awards, it's only fair that we direct our attention now, in this episode, to the movie world. We'll discuss and recognize the very best when it comes to sports films. Outstanding actors, directors, and music will be acknowledged, but we'll also have fun with non-traditional categories like dastardly villains, notable sports props, and crazy character names. Since the Academy is protective of their precious Oscars name, we'll be giving at Hoagies instead. Yes, it's my show, so I'll be using my own nickname, Might as well own the fact that these are my own personal choices rather than the selections from the esteemed Academy membership. Unlike the Oscar statue, which is made out of a gold-plated bronze, the hoagie is constructed from a mix of grass, dirt, leather, and hardwood and bonded together by blood, sweat, and tears. Let's get started on the musical front with Best Score. As we know, a good soundtrack can make a movie. At number six is James Horner's music from the iconic baseball film, Field of Dreams. William Ross's work from the golf classic, Tin Cup, is number five on my list. Number four, Vangelis' inspirational music from Chariots of Fire, which actually did win the Academy Award for Best Original Score in 1981. And number three are the memorable soundtracks from the Rocky Films. Number two, the upbeat songs from Remember the Titans featuring Marvin Gaye, Cat Stevens, and John Fogarty are amazing. But it's this touching piece sung by the team during the climatic funeral scene that gets to me every single time. The hoagie goes to the renowned composer Jerry Goldsmith, though, for his inspirational scores for both Hoosiers and Rudy. As a USC alum, I often wonder why I'm so captivated by Rudy's story. Clearly, the music plays a big part in explaining this mystery. Everybody loves a good villain, right? Well, here are my rankings for the best bad guys in sports film history. 10. Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. 9. Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. 8. Coach Bud Kilmer from Varsity Blues. I love that nasty line uttered by actor John Voight. Never show weakness. The only pain that matters is the pain you inflict. At number 7. Team Iceland in D2, The Mighty Ducks. Thankfully, Emilio is finally back as coach Gordon Bombay in the just-released Mighty Ducks film, fittingly called Game Changers. Six, the Permian High football has-been character played by Tim McGraw in Friday Night Lights, who knew that this country music star could be so despicable as a drunk and depressed dad. Five, Sacha Baron Cohen playing the French racer Jean Girard in Talladega Nights.
1: Why do you want me to break your arm so badly?
0: Four, Judge Smales played by funny man Ted Baxter in Caddyshack. Ben Stiller checks in at number three for his role as the deranged Dwight Goodman in Dodgeball, and number two, the gigantic junkyard dog known as the Beast in The Sandlot. But the hoagie goes to the dastardly duo of Cobra Kai coach Kreese and his nasty pupil Johnny from The Karate Kid. Johnny,
1: you're Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that?
0: Sports is rich with motivational pump up speeches. What are the three best rally cries from sport films? And number three is Herb Brooks, as played by Kurt Russell in Miracle. During the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, Brooks spurs on his U.S. hockey team to beat the powerful Russian squad with these locker room words.
1: Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here Tonight. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
0: And number two is the classic James Earl Jones refrain from Field of Dreams.
1: The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us, all that once was good and it could be again oh people will come Ray people will most definitely come
0: but the best sports speech goes to Al Pacino in any given Sunday I would encourage you to watch the full four and a half minutes on YouTube as Pacino speaks to the players and coaches in the locker room before the big game played by Jamie Foxx Jim Brown, Dennis Quaid, and LL Cool J. But here's a minute of movie magic.
1: Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Hell yeah. They're in every break of the game, every minute every second on this team we fight for that inch on this team we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch we claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we add up all those inches That's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.
0: Although sport films are often focused on boys or men, we've also had some outstanding female performances. When it comes to best supporting actresses, here are my choices. At number seven is Susan Sarandon, who plays the baseball groupie Annie Savoy in Bull Durham. And number six is one of my all-time favorites, Julie Christie in Heaven Can Wait. Talia Shire checks in at number five for her role as Adrian in Rocky. And number four is Renee You Had Me at Hello, Selwiger in Jerry Maguire. Number three is another Renee, that being Renee Russo for Tin Cup and Major League One and Two. The ensemble cast of A League of Their Own, Gina Davis, Laurie Petty, Rosie O'Donnell, and Madonna ranks number two. But the hoagie for Best Supporting Actress goes to Allison Janney in I, Tonya. Clearly not a stretch on my part since Allison did win the Academy Award for this role. What's ironic, though, is that Janney aspired to be an Olympic figure skater before her career was cut short by an injury. Her performance as a bitter and perhaps abusive mother of the disgraced ice skater Tanya Harding is electric. It's hard to find a clip not laced with swear words, but here goes. The child sometimes wants to be corrected. Answer me when I talk to you. When I felt this, I gave her criticism. Stop that. I said I was uh, Don't talk back to me. So who are the best actors in a supporting role? At number nine is Cheech Marin in Tin Cup, followed by the comedic genius Bill Murray in Caddyshack, Pat Morita as the wise sensei Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid, Tim McGraw in Friday Night Lights, Jonah Hill who plays a young and innovative assistant general manager in Moneyball, Jamie Foxx is the free spirit quarterback in any given Sunday. By the way, if you love Jamie Foxx like I do, listen to his interview on the Tim Ferriss podcast. It is phenomenal. Number three is a tie between the performances of Burgess Meredith and Burt Young in Rocky. Next up is Cuba Gooding Jr. with his dynamic role in Jerry Maguire. I actually met Cuba on the sidelines at an LSU Florida football game years ago, but that's a story for another podcast. Ultimately, the hoagie goes to Dennis Hopper for his performance as the misfit scooter in Hoosiers. Changing gears, what are the best props ever used in a sports film? Number three, Wilson, the volleyball, which becomes Tom Hanks' much-loved companion in Castaway. Number two, Adam Sandler's lucky hockey stick putter in Happy Gilmore. And number one, the Wonder Boy bat from The Natural, which was carved out of a fallen branch, compliments of an electrical storm. Admittedly, many of the great sports movies take place in the US, but we've had some outstanding foreign films as well. And number five is Fever Pitch, about a diehard Arsenal fan. This original British rendition is far better than the sappy American version starring Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. Number four, Bend It Like Beckham, which still ranks as one of the best feel-good sports films of all time. Number three is Rush, a much underrated film focused on the sexy Formula One racing scene in the 1970s. And number two is another notable movie from the soccer world, The Damned United, which profiles the ill-fated 44-day coaching stint of Brian Clough, who led the renowned Leeds United English Soccer Club to its worst start ever. And the hoagie goes to Cherries of Fire, which beat out Raiders of the Lost Ark for the Academy Award in 1982. Well, the Academy sadly does not recognize great comedies with their own category, the Hoagies do. So here are the greatest sports comedy films of all time. At number 10, Cool Runnings, followed by Kingpin, Bull Durham, Slapshot, Major League, The Sandlot, Caddyshack, Dodgeball, Happy Gilmore, and The Hoagie Goes 2. Wolf Farrow's magnum opus Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. What are the best names used in sports movie history? Well, here are my favorites. Number 10, The Dude, star of the Big Lebowski. Yes, bowling is a sport. Number 9, Sunshine, the long haired hippie California quarterback from Remember the Titans. Number 8, Bobby Boucher Jr., Adam Sandler's crazy Cajun character in Waterboy. Number 7, Jackie Moon, Will Farrell's character in the basketball comedy Semi Pro. Number 6, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn from Major League One and Two, played by Charlie Sheen. Number five, Clover Lang from Rocky Three, played by the infamous Mr. T. Number four, Moonlight Graham in Field of Dreams, played by the Hollywood great Burt Lancaster. Number three, Apollo Creed from the Rocky Fame, played by Carl Withers. Number two, Johnny Utah, Keena Reeves' FBI agent character in the surfing film Point Break. And the best name... Jesus Shuttlesworth, played by the NBA Hall of Famer Ray Allen in He Got Game. So who are the best actresses in a leading role? Number seven, Anya Taylor-Joy in Queen's Gambit. Yes, it's a TV show about chess, but the International Olympic Committee has recognized chess as a sport, and Anya's performance is too good not to mention. Number six, Hillary Swank in her Academy Award-winning role in Clint Eastwood's Million Dollar Baby. Number five, Sanaa Lathan in Love and Basketball, where she and boyfriend played by Omar Epps starred for their respective USC basketball teams. Four, Amy Adams in the boxing film The Fighter. Three, Tatum O'Neill in The Bad News Bears. Tatum, at age 10, is still the youngest to ever win an Academy Award. Number two, Sandra Bullock as the feisty Southern football mom in the Blind Side, the starting role was originally turned down by Julia Roberts.
1: You threaten my son. You threaten me. You so much as cross into downtown, you will be sorry. I'm in a prayer group with the DA. I'm a member of the NRA, and I'm always packing.
0: Number one is Margot Robbie in I, Tonya. Margot's amazing performance garnered her an Academy Award nomination, but she lost out to Frances McDormand, who won again this year for Nomadland. Now how about the best actor in the leading role? At number 10 is a tie between the Brian Song stars, James Caan and Billy Dee Williams, where the two played the ill-fated Brian Piccolo and the gifted Gail Sayers. This movie also qualifies as the ultimate bromance in film history. Number nine, Gene Hackman in Hoosiers. At number eight, Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. Hey Evelyn, can I ask you a
1: question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's that lump that's three feet above your ass. (laughs) Are you crying? crying? Are you crying? (laughs) There's no crying. There's no crying in
0: baseball. Number seven, Warren Beatty from Heaven Can Wait. At six, Brad Pitt in Moneyball. Five, Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. Four, Tom Cruise in Jerry Maguire. Three, Al Pacino in Any Given Sunday. And at number two, Kevin Costner for his collective work in Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, Tin Cup, Draft Day, McFarlane USA, and For the Love of the Game. And the hoagie for Best Actor goes to Denzel Washington for his sterling performances in Remember the Titans, He Got Game, and Fences. Take a listen now to this clip from the final scene in Spike Lee's He Got Game as Denzel reads the letter that he writes to his son from his prison cell.
1: Dear Jesus, ever since you was born, I've been pushing you. Trying to make you the best ball player that you could possibly be trying to make you the ball player that I never was. I finally came to the realization that I was pushing you further and further away from me also. And I believe that things are gonna work out for the best for you. Jesus was a name for Mary. you got the game. Sip, sip, sip on this. Your great-grandfather used to always tell me that you keep trying on shoes, and sooner or later you're gonna find a pair that fits you. No, uh, farmhouse? Well, I'm here to testify that I found a pair. I heard like hell, son. I love you. I love you, son. Your father, Jake Shuttlesworth.
0: The most competitive category is Best Sports Documentary. My honorable mentions include Endless Summer, the quintessential surfing film, Hillsboro about the tragic football disaster that killed 96 Liverpool fans. No-No Documentary, featuring the talented Pittsburgh Pirates Doc Ellis, who pitched a no-hitter while high on LSD. Free Solo, the story of a climber's brave solo free climb of El Capitan in Yosemite. At number 10 is The Battered Bastards of Baseball, which chronicles the eccentric Portland Mavericks independent minor league team in the mid-1970s. I had the pleasure of watching this crazy crew play live since I played high school baseball on their same Civic Stadium field during three years of the Rose City reign. Nine is Fantastic Lies, the 30 for 30 piece on the Duke lacrosse team scandal of 2006. This beautifully directed piece actually had me crying at the end of this two hour emotional roller coaster. Eight is another 30 for 30 episode, The Two Escobars, which tells the intersecting story of two Colombians, the drug kingpin Pablo Escobar and the soccer star Andres Escobar. The latter was tragically gunned down by a crazed fan angered over Andres's own goal during the World Cup loss to the U.S. in 1994. Seven, O.J. made in America. Enough said. Six, Undefeated. The emotionally rich story about Coach Bill Courtney and his Manassas High School football team from inner city Memphis. Five, Baseball by Ken Burns. This is the hands-down greatest documentary about America's pastime. Four, Senna. This movie portrayed the story of Artin Senna, the iconic Brazilian Formula One champion, and his tragic racetrack fate. At three, When We Were Kings. This focused on the rumble in the jungle heavyweight bout between underdog Muhammad Ali and the current champ at the time, George Foreman. Last Dance, this was the 10-part series of Michael Jordan, which was co-produced by ESPN Films and Netflix and it captivated the sports world during 2020. But the hoagie actually goes to another basketball documentary, Hoop Dreams. This 1994 film showcased the lives of two high school basketball players from Chicago and their quest to make it to the NBA. So what are the best lines ever uttered in a sports film? At 10, if he ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. Nine, you're killing me, Smalls. Ham Porter from the Sandlot. Eight, Sylvester Stallone's mournful wail in Rocky.
1: Yo, I it. I it.
0: Seven, just a bit outside. Bob Eucher playing Harry Doyle in Major League. At number six is Will Ferrell's son, Texas Ranger in Talladega Nights, disrespecting his granddad at the family dinner table. Yes, i come at you like a monkey. Five, pick me out a winner, Bobby. Robert Redford playing Roy Hobbs in The Natural. Four, Tom Hanks' contention? There's no crying in baseball in a game of their own. At number three, show me the money. Rod Tidwell's battle cry in Jerry McQuire. Two, James Earl Jones' prophetic claim from Field of Dreams. If you build it, he will come. My favorite one-liner, though, comes from the film Hoosiers, when star Jimmy Chitwood utters three simple but prophetic words when the coach, played by Gene Hackman, is drawing up the final play in the 1954 Indiana State High School Basketball Championship.
1: Here's what we're going to do. Jimmy, they're going to be expecting you to take the last shot. We're going to use you as a decoy. Buddy, you get the ball. He's gonna take the last shot. Alright, let's go. What's the matter with you guys? What's the matter with you?
0: I'll make
1: it. Alright. Buddy, get the ball of Jimmy, top the key.
0: The next award goes to the best director in sports film history. At number five is John Avidson, who won the Oscar for Rocky in 76, as well as directing all three Karate Kid films. At number four is one of my favorite directors of all time, Barry Levinson, who directed The Natural, starring Robert Redford, along with other non-sports classics such as Diner, Rain Man, and Good Morning Vietnam. The director of Raging Bull, Martin Scorsese, places number three on my list. The star of the film, Robert De Niro, won the 1981 Academy Award for his role, but Scorsese lost out to Redford in his directing debut of Ordinary People. Placing number two is David Anspaugh, who directed Hoosiers in his first feature film in 1986 and then followed it up seven years later with Rudy. David was born in Indiana and graduated from Indiana University so he knew the ins and outs of both basketball and football in the state. Two interesting facts about Hoosiers. First, according to Onspa himself, Hackman lacked confidence in him and was miserable throughout the film, even though his performance was near perfect. And the star of Hickory High's opponent would become one of the greatest NBA players ever, that being Oscar Robertson. But the hoagie goes to Israeli-American Boaz Akin, who directed two of my favorite sports films, remember The Titans and The Rookie. While remember the Titans shows up frequently on this podcast, this is the first call out for the rookie. The 2002 Disney film details the arduous journey of Texas high school teacher Jim Morris, who ultimately makes it to the bigs at the ripe old age of 35. Major props to Jim, who was gracious enough to be my first heavy hitter sports guest. Please check out that episode to learn more about Jim's amazing odyssey. Well, it's time now to recognize the greatest sports movies of all time. In a tie at number 10 are the three outstanding Kevin Costner baseball films, Field of Dreams, For the Love of the Game, and Bull Durham. At number 9, Friday Night Lights. The subsequent TV show also ranks as one of the best sports series ever. At number 8, One Night in Miami, the just-released story of a fateful evening shared by Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X. It's a compelling and topical film directed by Regina King, who also went to USC. At number seven is Hoosiers, featuring Hackman and Hopper at their very best. Number six, Itania. If you haven't seen this film, go to Hulu now. Watch it sometime this week. It's a must-see. Number five is one of my personal favorites. Heaven can wait. I first saw this film in L.A. with my girlfriend and ultimately my wife, Barbara, when it was first released in 1978. It's a crazy but compelling fantasy of a Super Bowl-bound L.A. Rams quarterback played by Warren Beatty, who is mistakenly transported to heaven by his guardian angel, and then the hijinks follow. At number four is Rudy, which still makes me tear up every time I watch it, even though I love seeing Notre Dame lose in football. Sorry, Mary. Jerry Maguire comes in at number three with its amazing storyline and cast. At number two is Moneyball, a good example of a great book made into an even better film. My favorite sports film of all time, though, explains America better than any film that I can think of, that being Remember the Titans.
1: This is Gettysburg. This is where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg. 50,000 men died right here on this field, fighting the same fight that we're still fighting amongst ourselves today this green field right here painted red bubbling with the blood of young boys smoke and hot lead pouring right through their bodies listen to their souls man i killed my brother with malice in my heart hatred Destroyed my family. You listen. Take a lesson from the dead. If we don't come together right now on this hollow ground, we too will be destroyed. Just like they were. I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll learn to play this game like men.
0: God bless Denzel and his sentiments. He's my favorite actor of all time. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode celebrating sports films. I appreciate you listening. And if you have suggestions on how to make the show better, please email me. My address is noted in the show notes. And if I missed one of your favorite films, please let me know. I'll leave you now with a closing scene from the cult classic, The Big Lebowski. This exchange between the dude and the stranger provides comforting advice for accepting and living with what comes our way. The word abide used in this context means that the dude willingly endures and accepts the many things that bother him. And in these crazy and angst-ridden times, that's a long list for many of us. To better times ahead. So does Gary. Right. Good luck tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, sorry to hear about Donnie. Oh, yeah, well, you know, sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes, uh, you know. Hey, man.
1: How do you do, dude? I wonder if I see you again. I wouldn't miss the semis. Oh, now, yeah? things has been going.
0: Oh, you know, strikes and gutters, ups and downs. I'm sure I've got you. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Well, take care, man. Got to get back. Sure. Take it easy, dude. Oh, yeah. I know that you will. Yeah, well, the dude abides.
1: The dude abides. I don't know about you, but I take comfort in that. It's good knowing he's out there, the dude,
0: taking her easy for all us sinners. Shush. I sure hope he makes the finals.